and start companies earlier. Again, launched ProsperWorks back in 2011. Now has over 100,000 customers. Uh, those are seats across 10,000 logos. Average seat price in terms of ARPU, about 60 bucks a month. You can do your own math there to kind of guess revenue. $87 million raised to, uh, to date, tw- over 20% year, uh, month over month, sorry, over 20%, sorry, quarter over quarter growth rate. So fast growing 117% net revenue expansion or retention annually, which is obviously healthy. He's gotten a little bit more aggressive on CAC with the funding, but he's also got confidence in the LTV. It's gone up because he's done a great job managing churn. So less than a six month, 16 month payback period, comfortable spending up to 1100 bucks to get that new seat. John going after the relationship management space, CRM space. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're a bit strapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. All right. Hello, everyone. My guest today is John Lee. He's the CEO and founder of a company called ProsperWorks, which we'll jump into in a second. But first, he has a BS in industrial engineering and operations research from UC Berkeley and currently resides in California with his wife and two daughters. He's a big fan of aquariums and is known for his epic all hands speeches. John, are you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. That's a hell of a thing to be known by your all hands speeches. Why are they so famous? Uh, I think it's because, uh, you know, everyone's excited about the vision and knowing what's going on in the company and uh, just getting everyone riled up and excited about uh, helping us usher the world into the relationship era, which I'll tell you a little bit about a little later. So yeah, let's start off first with uh, at all hands meeting today, how many folks are there? Last time I came on, which was over a year ago, you had about 67 people. How many are you at today? 210. 210. Okay. Now tell us about the company. Give me the updated, the updated pitch, what you guys do and how you make money. Yeah. So ProsperWorks is the first CRM that works for you so that you and your teams can basically spend time on building relationships instead of entering data and managing data. And so what our vision is, is that there's this whole dynamic between buyer and seller that has basically changed. So with the proliferation of the web, buyers have almost near perfect information to uh, make buying and selling decisions. But the reality is that 75% still desire that human connection, that human emotion, and that relationship. And whether that's with a brand or whether that's with the brand ambassador, um, that doesn't matter. So we live today in what we like to call the relationship era, where clearly companies have broken out have disrupted their respective industries, are the ones that have developed lifelong uh, relationships with their customers. So some examples of these include Amazon. You know, they've built a trusted relationship between the buyer by connecting them to a community of reviewers so you know what you want to buy and what you're getting at a great price. Google, they've built a trusted relationship with the advertiser to deliver high volumes of leads and also consumers to uh, deliver highly relevant and personalized results, right? Mm-hmm. A Zendesk is actually a really great example, right? It's a self-service model where you can try before you buy. It's easy to use. It's delightful. They've got transparent pricing. Atlassian, Slack, others are similarly in that camp. And so we're ushering in this relationship era 
And that era requires new tools for the way that sellers build those relationships with buyers. And so in the 1980s, it was about orders. In the 90s, it was about deals. In the 2000s, it was about reporting and analytics. In 2010, it was about customer experience. But today, it's about building that deeply personal relationship with that buyer in the same way you've built that relationship with your audience. How do you break through the noise though, John? I mean, you know this better than I do. The CRM space, very fragmented, very tough space. You've got HubSpot undercutting a ton of people with their free tool. I mean, how do you make sure you stay above the fray? Well, it's really building that CRM for the relationship era, right? And the reality is that CRM has really let us down. It's just basically database records and fields. And it's an epic fail that in a $42 billion market, according to Forrester, 47% of CRMs fail. And the reason for that simply comes down to it's clunky, it's hard to use, and people don't get great data in the system. Mm -hmm. And because they don't do that, the promise of CRM falls apart, right? Organization, single source of truth, visibility, the ability to automate uh, manual tasks, right? And ultimately have predictability and visibility into your pipeline. And so considering that 47% fail, it's actually a downright travesty that CRM drives a trillion in sales or 3% of the GDP. And so really, we see our differentiation as unlocking those great relationships, right, with software. And that's software that's woven into the fabric of the tools you use. Give me, John, give me a specific, because people will hear that and they'll be like, well, that's what every CRM says. Can you give me a specific example, a specific workflow you're opt- you know, you're integrated into in a salesperson that other people don't have? Yeah. So for example, like it's email, it's text messaging, it's uh, on intercom, it's uh, through your phone system, right? Mm-hmm. We are building tools that basically automate all the data entry, whether that you're having a conversation with someone, whether you're having a Zoom conversation with somebody, we can transcribe that conversation, make it searchable and accessible, and provide you prompts at the right time and right place uh, to be able to provide you with the data that you need to ultimately build that relationship. And so we want to build mm-hmm. the world's first zero input CRM. And that's what distinctly separates us. That's number one. Number two is we're built for G Suite. G Suite is the productivity platform of the future. It's what we all grew up in. Uh, they have successfully delivered productivity in the cloud. Is Google an investor, John? And Google's an investor. Google's yeah. a customer. Um, and How much have you raised today, by the way? Last time you spoke, I think you were at 10 million, but you raised more since then. We have raised a total of 87 million in venture financing. And I think yeah. that speaks to the fact that we've grown at a 26% compounded monthly growth rate. We've over 10,000 paying customers. We are the fastest growing CRM company in the world uh, at this moment. And I think that when you take a look at the market, you ask the question, how do you differentiate? Well, it's really about product, right? About automating, uh, automating data entry. It's about, two, building it to work with the tools uh, the, of the future, which is G Suite. And three, because we have the best data, because we're automatically capturing this, we're actually now able to use AI and machine learning to be able to recommend what the next step should be where the risk is in your pipeline, and ultimately where you need to focus as an entrepreneur uh, in order to best put yourself in a position to win every single deal. And so look, we're not the first person to do this, right? Like Microsoft is doing that with Dynamics, Salesforce is doing it with Quip, um, but really we're the first to truly embrace this vision uh, and to do it collectively with Google. And you know, to the point of our Google relationship, we are the only CRM that's actually recommended by Google mm-hmm. through their... 5 million paying customers. John, how are you? I want to understand your magic here. Why, why doesn't Google just say we're going to, we're going to you know, crush you like a cockroach and build this thing ourselves? Well, Google's focused on really two things right now. Number one is infrastructure. So that's Google Cloud Platform, right? Mm-hmm. They're going after the $100 billion opportunity that AWS has, yeah. is leading today. 
that is where their primary focus is. The second focus is really on productivity, right? Building email, building docs, building slides, building sheets. And that is today where they exist in the application stack. And they've chosen to partner at the business application level. So whether that's uh, with CRM, whether that's with your, with, um, uh, your accounting software, whether that's with your document signature so- uh, area, they've chosen to partner with people like ProsperWorks. They've chosen ProsperWorks as sort of the most googly of the CRM solutions, which is why we're the recommended CRM by Google. And if people are listening right now and they're going, okay, Nathan, I'm sold on this John guy. I want to give this thing a try. Are people, last time you said ARPU was around 50 bucks a month per seat. Is that generally still accurate or have you increased or decreased that? That's actually increased. So what we found is that since we last talked, it was primarily small to medium-sized businesses, anywhere from employee sizes of one to 500 employees. What's happened is that larger customers have come on board. So customers such as uh, SoftBank Vision Fund, uh, HelloFresh, Magic Leap, um, larger businesses, and also teams within larger businesses. So teams within Uber, teams within Lyft are using ProsperWorks. Teams within Google are using ProsperWorks. You know, we have over uh, five different teams in Google that are using ProsperWorks. Well, so John, so what is the updated data plan? Have you doubled ARPU? I mean, it's like a hundred bucks now or what? Uh, I'd say it's a little higher than, uh, it's a little higher than 60. Okay. Okay, good. And and that was really intentional for you guys. I mean, that was on, on purpose. That was on purpose. And, and the reason why we want to do that is because, A, we want to align the pricing of our product with the value we deliver. And we still think we deliver multiples of value in excess of that pricing. But number two, uh, we are finding ourselves being pushed up market to larger customers, which allows us to have a higher overall ACV. And that higher ACV has allowed us to basically be able to leverage more marketing channels, uh, more sales options, uh, and effectively increase our CAC per unit that we sell uh, because we've been inc- able to increase the lifetime value. And so therefore, we can we have a repeatable and profitable sales and marketing machine, right? So LTV to CAC is greater than three. Our CAC payback is within 16 months. And so it's just, we've grown our sales reps. Last time we talked, we probably had about 15. We now have over 60. Uh, we've been able to expand very quickly because of ProsperWorks as our internal CRM. Mm-hmm. But importantly, because we figured out... Um, that sort of go-to-market motion uh, that's allowed us to continue to scale. And John, with a 16-month payback period, is it accurate to say, again, ARPU is 60 bucks a month. If I multiply those, you're totally comfortable paying up to call it 960 or about 1000 bucks for that new seat. Um, so 60 times 12, 720, 720, about 11, around 1100 for that's that. That's where you're at? Yeah. Okay, good. And and there's one discrepancy I have from the from what you shared last time and what you've just shared today. So last time when we were on, when I asked you the question about how many customers you had, you said 40,000. And I'm wondering, but then you just said 10,000 today. I'm wondering if that 10,000 number you gave me is actually logos and the 40,000 was actually seats. That's correct. So I gave you uh, licenses last time. And so this is uh, actual logos. Actual logos. But the average teams, I mean, so how many people on a range of those logos on average would you say? Um, that is probably a little north of 10. Okay, good. So we could say if we're comparing apples to apples, 40,000 about a year and a half ago, north of a hundred thousand today. That's correct. Seats. That's great. Okay, good. And then, um, obviously you just talked about what you've done with LTV and why a higher LTV has made you more comfortable being a little bit more aggressive on the CAC side of things. Tell me though about churn. There's a lot of CRMs I've interviewed and the churn is just through the roof. What is your churn today and how have you driven that lower? 
Yeah. And so one of the biggest challenges for any SMB SaaS entrepreneur is ultimately the, the churn that's inherent within that market, right? And so a lot of companies see, you know, they lose a third, they lose a half of their customers per year. On a net basis, we are actually expanding. Uh, so uh, on average, uh, every, co- every dollar that comes in in month one, on month 13 is about a buck 16 to a buck 12. Great. But so we're seeing net expansion overall. And so that's what's contributing to our rapid growth and 26% compounded monthly revenue growth rate is that you have stacking basically curves doing this over time. Yep. You just give me the net number, a dollar to a dollar 17 from year one to year two. But what is the gross revenue churn that's embedded inside of that number? Yeah. And I think that gross revenue is sort of less important. It, mm-hmm. it always just depends on how you cut it, right? So if you remove infant churn and all of that kind of stuff. So uh, we're, we're not disclosing the gross churn at the moment, but mm-hmm. I think the key is basically the net churn, right? Mm-hmm. That's really the metric that really matters, which is if we're going to acquire a dollar of revenue, what is that dollar of revenue going to look like in month 13? Yeah, it is. But the, here's why I asked the question, especially for you specifically. Um, constant contact was in the exact same kind of space in terms of number of customers, number of seats and price point. And when Gail got on those monthly earnings calls, the net was always fantastic. But when you uncovered and peeled back the, the onion, the, the gross was through the roof. I mean, she was churning so much. And ultimately, that's why their PE ratio as a public company was crap. And it's why they basically soft landed at EIG. So, I mean, tell me how you use your gross number. How do you keep your on, you honest with it, even if you don't want to disclose it? Yeah. So we definitely take a look at the gross number. Um, there, there's things that we control and there's things that we don't control, right? So if there's companies that are going out of business, for example, that's not something that we can control. Yep. Uh, for some people, CRM is actually not the right fit at that point in time. That's something that we don't control, right? Uh, what we do control is that when there is value uh, to be had through a CRM, we are the simplest, easiest, and least time-consuming way to get the best data to make the best decisions. Um, that is what we control. And so um, I, would, I would tell you that, you know, without actually telling you the number, that our gross yep. is substantially lower than a traditional SMB SaaS company. And when I, by the way, John, when I hear like traditional, I'm thinking like four or 5% monthly is pretty typical. You're saying you're south of that. That is, that is, that would be a incredibly high churn. Okay, good. So you're, you're well south of that. We are well south of that. Good. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So the key is really for us, it's like, how do you demonstrate value right away? I think that the better question is not where we are, but how can I help your audience basically be able to reduce churn. And so one of the things that we've been able to focus on is like time to value. And so we take a look at all the golden motions within a product and we- How many do you have? We have about four to five golden motions. And And these are things you know you've got to get them to do in the first week to make them sticky. Exactly. Yeah. Is that the right time frame? You do it over a week or you do it over a different period? Uh, it's over a week for one set of golden motions. Once you sign up, there's a set of uh, additional golden motions that we want to continue to do. And I will tell you that the one thing that makes ProsperWorks very unique compared to all CRMs is that 87% of our licenses use ProsperWorks every day. Mm-hmm. Every day, including the weekend. Well, give me, give me the cohort analysis though on that. So someone that's been with you for a week, is it every, like how long does it take them to get to that kind of cycle? Um, it was pretty much immediate. So once they rolled it out, the system, and so for our larger customers, obviously it takes time for them to do the change management and to move people over to a new CRM system or adopt a new CRM system. But once that's adopted, which is typically anywhere as short as, you know, 
one day from purchase all the way to two weeks to three weeks if there's mm-hmm. more complicated integrations involved. And that's the big difference with ProsperWorks, right? Unlike Salesforce, you're paying one to three times your license fee. You're spending anywhere from one to six months basically implementing Salesforce for your organization. ProsperWorks is built in a way such that you can basically get off on the ground running. You don't need a dedicated Salesforce administrator because it's so intuitive and so easy to set up. Yep. John, we're out of time. I want to wrap up with the famous five, but first look, just rounding out the data set you've given me a hundred thousand seats at 60 bucks a pop. You guys north of 6 million a month now. Uh, I can't, uh, I can't disclose our revenue figures, uh, but you can make what you, you may. Okay. Let me, let me, let me ask it differently. How aggressive are you being in 2018? What AR goal do you hope to hit by December? Uh, we are, I'll tell you that we are the fastest growing CRM company in the world. But see, you can't, you can't say that though without, because you don't know everyone else's data. Well, I've told you 26% compounded monthly growth rate. Yeah, but I, I could, I could point to a few other CEOs in the space I've interviewed that, that would challenge that rate pretty aggressively. Who would those be? Well, share your data. I'd be happy to do the comparison for you. But seriously, so, so I'm assuming if your 100,000 number is accurate and, and your $60 ARPU is accurate, you're north of $50 million in ARR. I mean, you've raised a lot of capital, though. I mean, how many years do you think it'll take you to break the $100 million mark? Um, we see the $100 million mark in the very near future. Okay. I mean, are we talking like, like 2020, 2021 kind of thing? Like, are you, are you in the back of your head of your strategic meetings thinking about, do we raise more capital or potentially go public? Are you at that level yet or no? We are, we are looking to go, look. CRM is a $52 billion market in 2020. If we just get 1% of the market, it's a $520 million revenue business. Those are the famous last words, though. Some of the biggest businesses. If It's a huge market. If we just get 1%, we're going to be billionaires. Well, take a look at the market. It's, it's all there, right? It's a bottomless market. Salesforce only has 25%, right? There's a good portion of people who don't actually have CRM. Salesforce, it's a well-known fact. Salesforce is churning anywhere from to 9% of the revenue a year on a $12 billion business. That's up to $720 million a year. So even if we were just to, even if a company or the market were to ingest that 9% of churn, that's a multi-billion dollar business. Yeah. All right, John. Well, listen, we're rooting for you. Let's wrap up here quickly with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Favorite business book would be uh, what your body, what everybody says. And it's a book written by an FBI profiler that helps you read body language. Ah, so that wow. when you are selling or negotiating, right, then you can really interpret how the other party is feeling. That's great. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh, I really love Jeff Bezos. Uh, yeah. The man is uh, very clear about where he wants to go. And he puts all the chips in place to go do it. And he throws all of his resources against it doesn't pull punches, and ultimately, more times than not, is successful. If Bezos decides he wants to go into the CRM space and he writes you a $300 million check to buy the company, do you sell? No. Come on, John. I'm reading your body language right now, and I don't believe you. I, not, not, I would not sell to Amazon. This is a massive market. <laughs> I built this company to help bring prosperity to the world, to usher in the relationship era. And... I've built and sold three companies in the past. To me, I'm not looking for another flip. I'm looking for something that's going to leave a legacy, that's going to truly change the world. And by selling to Amazon, that's not going to help you do that. So, How do you know that? You don't know that. What if Bezos says, here's a billion dollars, go own the market. You have no idea if that would be the case or not. 
What if it aligns perfectly with your vision? Let's do this. Let's get Bezos on your show and we'll have a conversation. Take care for what you wish for. You just might get it. Uh, number four, number four, or number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your business besides, uh, besides your CRM? Uh, I love Asana. Okay, uh, good. Asana is a great project management tool. gives you complete visibility of uh, what's going on. Uh, and you can comment and tag people in and know what everything, what's going on at every moment in time. Number four, John, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? I get around seven hours of sleep a night. Okay, that's good. Spend two hours with my kids. How many kids? I've got three now. And married? I am married. And how old are you? I am 39. All right, John, take us home. What, what do you, yeah, it's coming up, man. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? knew? Last question. Uh, start companies earlier. Okay? <laughs> you guys have an idea out there. It doesn't matter. Just go do it. You're going to learn on the job. You're going to make mistakes. That's okay. Surround yourself with the best people. Network. Get out there. Just go for your dream. Because when you do what you truly love, you will more likely than not be successful. And even if you don't, you're going to learn. And that's going to help you get to where you want to get to. Guys, there you have it from John. Start companies earlier. Again, launched ProsperWorks back in 2011. Now has over 100,000 customers. Uh, those are seats across 10,000 logos. Average seat price in terms of ARPU, about 60 bucks a month. You can do your own math there to kind of guess revenue. $87 million raised to, uh, to date. Tw over 20% year, uh, month over month, sorry. Over 20%, sorry, quarter over quarter growth rate. So fast growing, 117% net revenue expansion or retention annually, which is obviously healthy. He's gotten a little bit more aggressive on CAC with the funding, but he's also got confidence in the LTV. It's gone up because he's done a great job managing churn. So less than a six month, 16 month payback period, comfortable spending up to 1100 bucks to get that new seat. John going after the relationship management space, CRM space. Appreciate you taking us to the top. Thank you, Nathan. Take care.